Greetings and salutations and welcome to the Trash Fire of Talk podcast with your host, Skits M. Jones. I am your host, Skits M. Jones, and we are going to kick right into it with uh, the recommendations portion. I know, all out of order. In fact, this whole episode might just be recommendations and talking about songs and movies and stuff. So we're just going to get right down into it. First thing first, uh, I went and saw Spider-Man, the the new one, Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, no spoilers for the movie Spider-Man. Uh, probably some spoilers for Endgame because you can't really talk about You have to know already. Uh, the internet is what it is if you're finding this podcast. You know that Thanos snapped uh, half of existence out of existence. Uh, and then five years later, uh, Hulk snapped his fingers and everyone came back uh, exactly the way they were. And so... Uh, for example, Spider-Man is one of those people who vanished for five years, as are a good number of his peers. Um, and uh, so with that, the way they explain that right off the bat for the start of the movie is fantastic. You know, they, they explain what it's like uh, from a, a high school perspective. It's just, it's really charming how they do it. Spider-Man is inherently a charming character, a charming concept, a charming uh, franchise, especially with Tom Holland. The kid is just so damn likable. Um, great performances, a lot of twists and turns that you are not going to see uh, coming. Some that you will if you're familiar with comics, uh, but some even still that you will not. Uh, really, really fun little movie. Uh, the The chemistry between the characters of uh, Peter Parker and MJ and Ned and Ned's new uh, romantic interest in the movie. Um, there's a lot of fun interplay there. Plus, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio is absolutely fantastic and has some really, really strong moments with uh, uh, Peter Parker. It's a great movie, and it's a wonderful explanation uh, exploration of developing relationships between characters, uh, especially in a post-Endgame and post-Tony Stark world, which, you know, Tony Stark was a, a major figure in Spider-Man, being the Spider-Man that he is today. And there's also a, a, a strong, you know, uh, venturing into the, the pressure felt by Peter Parker post-Tony Stark's death uh, to be, you know, the the new Tony Stark or, or whether or not he wants that role or is equipped to handle it. Um, so yeah, real fun, uh, uh, real fun movie, highly recommended. If you're, if you're already on board with the Marvel movies, you'll be on board with this one. Uh, it doesn't eschew too far out of the formula. Um, but it's still, you're, you're so invested in the characters and the relationships that it's a fun ride. You know, above all, these movies have heart in a way that a lot of other superhero movies seem to fail to do so. Um, there's just something kind of genuine about a lot of the interplay and the, the naked emotionality that a lot of these characters have. So, uh, do I recommend Spider-Man Far From Home? Yes, I do. Uh, still not the best Spider-Man movie. That is currently sitting with uh, Into the Spider-Verse, the animated movie, because it was just... That broke formula and was mind-blowing. Um, 
but that kind of exists outside the MCU, so whatever. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Spider-Man was great. Then uh, this morning, I went and, well, this morning as of when I'm recording this, I don't know when you're listening, it doesn't matter. I went and saw uh, Midsommar, or Midsommar, I, I don't know how the fuck you pronounce it. Um, it's by the uh, the director, and possibly also writer, who did uh, um, Hereditary. Uh, much like Hereditary, it's a weird, unsettling movie that does a, an amazing job of building tension and anxiety throughout. Um, so that that's definitely something that the creative team behind these movies has, uh, is just a, an expert level of framing, of directing, uh, you know, making the shots just right so they're unsettling while still being natural to the environment, um... And, you know, one of the other things that, that builds the tension and anxiety is we're just watching these characters continually uh, gaslight and exploit and subtle, uh, subtly betray each other in service of goals that are both individual and communal. Uh, and that's throughout all of the characters. There is a lot of weird... Um, weird little character moments between people as relationships uh, change or dissolve or grow. Uh, and it's, it's, it's a wild flick. It's not going to be for everybody, uh, that I can say, but if you saw Hereditary and liked it, and if you like movies like, uh, uh, oh hell, what can I compare this to? I don't even know off the top of my head. It, look, watch the trailer. If it looks like something you'd want to see, then you're probably going to want to see it. So check it out. Uh, on to the next thing. Let's get into uh, music, because I don't have any TV that I've been watching lately that I have not already mentioned. I've already told you that Legion is great, and it continues to be so. Uh, same with Pose. Continuing the rewatch of Broad City. Haven't started Stranger Things yet. Haven't started Jessica Jones yet. Uh, there's, there's, yeah, there's things on the plate. What can you do? You only have so much time in the day, but, uh, I'll get to them. And when I do, you'll know. Uh, so no TV recommendations right now. Uh, let's get into talking about music. Uh, first thing, uh, newer, newer ish. I, I don't know. Do we count 99 as new? I don't, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, the the newest track that I'm going to talk about is uh, Q-Tip's Vibrant Thing. Uh, that's been uh, a banger that was recently brought back to my attention uh, that I, I need to pay attention to. Um, it was the first single from the uh, solo debut album by Q-Tip. Uh, it came out in 99. Uh, Tribe Called Quest was broken up at the time. They're back together now and releasing great shit, but, um, this track, uh, threw a lot of people off when it came out in 99, because Tribe Called Quest was more of, like, a, a quote-unquote conscious rap, uh, uh, group, and Q-Tip's solo effort was a little more, you know, a little more club-friendly, a little, little dancier, a little more of a banger, you know, a little bit more of that, like, baller mentality within the lyricism, uh, that, that was a departure for Q-Tip, um, but I mean, shouldn't have been a, a shock, you know, a lot of, uh, Q-Tip's work with like, uh, Busta Rhymes, even back during the Tribe Called Quest days and, and shit like that. And, 
um, you know, there's always been an element of that in Q-tips radius. So to, to see that uh, brought in for a, a single shouldn't have been terribly surprising, but there it is and there we go. Um, but if you're looking for just a, a summer jam, uh, this is a good track to include in a summer jam playlist. All right, moving on. Here's where we're going to get weird. Here's going to be some meat and potatoes stuff. Um, I was going down the YouTube rabbit hole of, you know, uh, 80s and early 90s music videos, introducing Kayla uh, to a lot of stuff. Kayla, as you know, is is my, uh, my partner, my fiance, and um, also a 90s baby whereas I am an 80s baby. So there is a lot that I grew up with that is a cultural, uh, you know, especially a pop cultural blind spot for her. So I've been uh, escorting her down a rabbit hole of, of a lot of weird uh, 80s and 90s stuff, because there's a lot of stuff from the 80s and 90s that carries on, um, you know, hair metal and things like that. When you think 80s, that's a thing that comes up, your poisons, your white snakes, Motley Crue still doing the thing. Um, but there's a lot of stuff from the 80s and 90s that, that kind of gets glossed over because in hindsight, it's it's ridiculous in a way that doesn't uh, match up with a lot of cultural narratives about the 80s. Uh, so one of the videos that I called up was Walk the Dinosaur by Was Not Was. Uh, was Not Was was a band that was big in the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, this song came out in 1987, so at the time I was like four, soon to be five, uh, when this song... I mean, this song was actually big for a couple years, and it's a weird song. You know, the, the, the chorus is, you know, open the door, get on the floor, everybody walk the dinosaur. And the video had a lot of, like... Uh, uh, you know, cave women in it and, you know, Flintstones-esque uh, imagery. And in fact, the song was even included in the Flintstones movie. Um, but this was a true, like, hit single. This was a song that was played excessively on MTV. You know, this was a big hit. And what's wild about it is it is a song about nuclear Armageddon. Uh, you know, the, the whole premise of, of walking the dinosaur and all that being we were, you know, going to be bombed back to the Stone Age. Um, and so, yeah, Walk the Dinosaur is a song about uh, nuclear Armageddon, which puts it in a category with a lot of pop songs from the 80s. Uh, you know, we can start in 1982. Modern English had uh, I Melt With You, which, you know, uh, that song's been featured in movies, it's been featured in commercials, it was another big hit. Um, but it's another one that is about nuclear Armageddon, and the melting with you is actually like, hey, let's hook up while the world is ending, and we'll just melt together uh, in, in the fallout, which is dark as fuck, but that's what that song's about, so that's wild. Uh, in 93, you had... Uh, the band Nina with 99 Luft Balloons or uh, 84 99 Red Balloons, the English version, uh, which apparently the band was not much of a fan of the English translation uh, lyrics, feeling they were too on the nose while also being so uh, 
on the nose paired with the poppiness of the song that it made the song more ridiculous than the warning of, you know, uh, nuclear apocalypse that the song was meant to be. Um, we can go to 1984. Uh, the band Frankie Goes to Hollywood had the track Two Tribes, which, uh, sadly, I'm most familiar with from the movie Doomsday, which was, uh, 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 Rana Mitra, who was in the third Underworld movie. This was like her first big solo action outing, uh, which is kind of a, a Mad Maxi post-apocalyptic, uh, film. Um, Bob Hoskins is also in it. Uh, it's a, 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 fun, dumb movie, but this song is featured in one of its main, uh, climactic, uh, street racing battle scenes. Uh, it, if you've not seen the movie Doomsday, go, go check it out. Do yourself that favor. It's, it's a wonderfully fun, dumb action movie. Um, in, uh, 1986, the band Timbuk3 released the song Future's So Bright, I Gotta Wear Shades. And that became like a big graduation hit for a lot of people. You know, it sounded like a a very upbeat, optimistic song. But the the bright of the future is the uh, explosion of the nuclear bomb and the fact that it flashes so bright that you're going to have to wear shades. Um, songs about nuclear Armageddon, especially pop songs about nuclear Armageddon, There's so many more that I haven't even mentioned. Even Prince released a song off the 1981 Controversy album called Ronnie Talk to Russia, which is about Reagan's need to talk to Russia and avoid nuclear uh, apocalypse, nuclear Armageddon, etc. This was a huge anxiety in the 80s, and I think um, for a lot of people, it's, it's kind of easy to forget that time uh in our in our country's history and and how absolutely frightening that really was you know all of our 80s nostalgia and 80s nostalgia is huge right now i mentioned earlier uh stranger things is back with season three stranger things being set in the 80s um you know and a a lot of millennials who grew up in the 80s are pining for the the simpler days of the 80s but we were all kids in the 80s, and so it's easy to forget the the mass anxiety that this country was feeling that we could be wiped off the planet in a moment. You know, all the, uh, you know, duck and cover drills that, that school kids were having to go through in the same way they go through mass shooting drills now. It was the duck under the, the cover of your desk which would have done nothing, to be clear, um, but it was just that illusion of, of safety or protection to make you feel maybe a little less nervous about being blown the fuck up. Um, so it's, it's wild, the, the cultural anxiety that, that was going on in the 80s with, with fear of the Cold War leading to us uh, just mutually assured destruction uh, primarily between us and uh, the USSR at the time, the, the Soviet Union, Russia, et cetera, et cetera. You get the deal. Um, and it's it's something that I, I think occasionally leaks into our cultural zeitgeist now, you know, uh, 
whether it's looking at the the tensions that flared up recently between India and Pakistan, both of those being nuclear countries, our continuing ongoing issues with uh, North Korea, um, and the fact that their nuclear production has been ramped up to uh, an incredible degree under uh, uh, Kim Jong-un, you know, in a way that was never happening during Kim Jong-il's reign. Um, and how impressively the the 20-year-old leader of North Korea has just really made the American president kowtow to any demands uh, because Donnie just loves his big old strong daddy-type leaders. Uh, you can look at his relationship with Putin. You can look at his relationship with Kim uh, Jong-un. Um, it's ridiculous. And then, you know, our... our continued ongoing issues with Iran. Uh, you know, one of our big things with Iran is, is their striving for nuclear power. Um, not even just purely on the weapons standpoint, which I mean, right now, one of their biggest, uh, uh, you know, conflicts, uh, in terms of, of, countries being in conflict with each other, you know, Iran and Israel. Israel is nuclear-armed, Iran is not. Uh, so you could see where they could be perhaps a little uh, uh, uneasy about the fact that they don't also have the ability to launch nuclear uh, mutually assured destruction um, when they're one of their main uh, enemies. And then us on top of that, you know, we're constantly itching for war with Iran due to John Bolton uh, and and his position in the cabinet. And that's been a hard-on for him for quite some time. Um, so all of these little, you know, flare-ups of, of, uh, of bickering and, and uh, infighting and, and uh, posturing between nations, um, it, it's weird that, you know, the, the fact that any one of us uh, nuclear armed nations could easily wipe the other off the off the planet. Um, it's weird that it's not the anxiety it, it used to be, even though we're now more actively posturing against people than we almost have, uh, ever have in my uh, adult life, for sure. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of, it's wild uh, to go back and listen to some of the music of the 80s and realized just how much of it, no matter how poppy it was, was fraught with such anxieties uh, about just uh, the the futile attempts at living in face of uh, po the potential end of life and existence as we know it. Uh, so yeah, that's some uplifting, upbeat kind of shit, isn't it? That's fun. Um yeah, so go down a rabbit hole of 80s pop music sometime and, and see uh, just how much of it is really just fraught with concern about uh, uh, the end of the world due to nukes. Um, and it's, it's weird if you listen to a lot of uh, current pop music, like a lot of those same cultural anxieties, you know, you look at uh, shit, even just during the Bush years, look at the sheer amount of protest music that was made. Uh, and then during the Obama years, there was uh, still protest music happening, um, you know, differently. Uh, and now you look at like the Trump era 
And I don't know if we are just, it's just impossible to talk about the current administration in the same way. Like, shit, Pearl Jam did entire albums just dedicated to fuck George Bush. Like, that was a thing that used to happen. And there's not near as much of that now uh, that we're seeing get any sort of, you know, traction or play in in the the culture at large. Um, you'll see more uh, issues-based music, you know, whether it's uh, reproductive rights or uh, LGBTQ equality or, you know, what have you. Um, but as far as actually just straight up going for the current administration or, or any uh, political figures or figureheads within uh, the the nation's capital, you don't see them attacked the same way. Uh, and that's that's interesting. It's interesting to follow the trends in pop culture. You know, I think we will easily and, and off, uh, oftentimes just offhandedly dismiss pop culture, but it really is such a dynamic barometer for understanding uh, the times that are either were lived in or are lived in uh, based on whatever is popular at the time. Uh, so yeah, that's, um, I guess that's the, the topic of, of the day. Now I'm realizing I did not uh, pull out my cards and get all that prepped for the episodic tarot reading. So I'm going to take a moment and do that. Uh, while I do that, you hang out and listen to whatever this sound is that's going to play. And we're back, slightly more prepared. Uh, all right, time for the tarot pull of the episode. Uh, I'm pulling from what was formerly known as the Illust Tarot Deck. It has since been renamed uh, the 90s Tarot Deck uh, by, the, by the creator um, because as a, as a white woman, uh, she uh, had received feedback that she feels is warranted uh, that her use of uh, illist uh, in regards to this deck was perhaps uh, culturally insensitive, uh, and so she has changed it to uh, the 90s tarot deck, which seems fitting. Most of uh, the, the figures represented in it are cultural touchstones from the 90s. Uh, so yeah, makes sense, I guess. Uh, anyway, moving on. Um, the card that I have pulled is uh, the Hermit, which in this deck is represented by Fiona Apple. Uh, I have a deep connection with the card, The Hermit. In fact, I actually have it tattooed on me. Uh, it was the first tarot-related tattoo that I ever received. Um, and that's because I was going through a time that directly relates to what this card is all about. This card is about solitude, about introspection, and about retreat. Uh, now, retreat sounds like a negative word, especially if you're thinking about it in context of battle, of war, of, uh, you know, sport, excuse me, or things of that nature. But retreat can also be a holistic retreat, an artistic retreat, you know, a, a retreat to a cabin somewhere to work on your uh, next great novel or whatever it is that you're doing. Um, we culturally... Uh, stigmatize being alone. Uh, alone is, is a thing that, you know, more often than not, we are made to feel bad about, you know, uh, because, 
you know, being alone leads to loneliness. But in all fairness, uh, being with people can be just as lonely as being alone, uh, if not more so. There's nothing worse than feeling alone in a crowd. Um, you know, so the thing with the hermit is it's time to take time to yourself, for yourself, to focus on whatever internal life uh, you need to be living and paying attention to and what you need to work out within your own mind. Um, you know, put your phone away. One thing about the hermit is the hermit doesn't get FOMO. There's no fear of missing out for the hermit because the hermit uh, within the representation is, a, uh, you know, in some decks, just straight up an old uh, wizened figure with a long gray beard and long gray hair. Uh, in this card, it's it's Fiona Apple, who is uh, and has always been throughout her career uh, recognized as a quote-unquote old soul kind of person. Um, and, you know, you can't miss out on things either A, you've already experienced because you're old and wise enough to know, or B, uh, they don't interest you because they're not within what you want for yourself, even if they're... Uh, uh, a, a thing that you're expected to want to be engaged in, you know, so put the phone away, get off social media for a bit, uh, be alone, be inside your head, you know, work on your own thing. If you're a writer, do some writing. If you're a painter, do some painting. Um, you know, uh, go for a, a, a drive, go for a long walk. Uh, you know, do, do something to, to, Kind of clear your head while also getting in your head. You know, that's what the hermit's about. Uh, introspection, paying attention to yourself and your needs uh, without the, the clutter of the rest of the world getting in the way. Uh, so that's the note to dwell on coming out of the tarot pull. Uh, you know, focus on your, your shit and see what, uh, see what your mind needs. You know, take a little retreat. Uh, do some meditation, you know, whatever it is. Just focus on your breathing do the thing. Um, and that is it for this episode. Uh, what do we have coming up? Well, Game of Microphones, as always, uh, going on uh, Thursdays. We took this last Thursday off for the 4th of July, but we're back this coming week. Uh, so that'll be July 11th. Uh, I will be hosting. So that's something I'm looking forward to. We got, we got some cool people on this lineup. We got some, uh, some true newcomers to the scene and then, uh, you know, a few older hats, you know, at it. And, uh, it's, it's going to be a, a good mix of people. I hope y'all come out to see it. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Uh, my Friday night hosting gig wound up being canceled due to shit outside of my realm of control, but hopefully I should have a, another weekend gig, uh, lined up that I can announce to y'all soon as I know it. Um, Definitely have some stuff coming up in August that I'll uh, spill the details on when I'm able. In the meantime, you know, as always, uh, stay in touch and, and stay up to date with everything on the social media. At uh, Skits Jones on your Instagrams and your Twitters. Uh, Skits M. Jones on Facebook. Um, if you have questions or insights, feel free to email me. Skitsmjones at gmail.com uh, Or... You know, 
one of the features of Anchor is you can go on the Anchor app and drop me a voice message, and maybe I'll play it on the on a future episode. So yeah, there you go. That's all the all the ins and outs, the ups and downs. I think we've covered it. Uh, let's all go out into the world or retreat into your own inner world, do the hermit thing, uh, and try not to uh, die in a nuclear apocalypse. <laughs> We don't, we don't need a nuclear fire, but what we do need to do, as always, is keep that trash fire burning.